0: So much of what you do online can be risky. Does that stop you from clicking on deals or connecting to public Wi-Fi? What about doing your tax return? Your personal information can be stolen and used to access your accounts or apply for credit in your name. Thankfully, there's a simple way to stay safer. Help protect yourself with TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. It's Canada's most comprehensive all-in-one protection for your devices, online privacy, and identity. Learn more at telus.com slash online security. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply.
1: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. Listen, I'm not saying you or anyone you know has ever done this. I am just saying that the data shows that it happens a lot. Here's how it goes. You find yourself in a car accident. Nothing crazy. You're not hurt, but you swerved to avoid an animal in the street. You jumped a curb, you hit a road sign, and your car took serious damage. You don't have the money to get it fixed right now, but that's okay. Insurance should cover it. Except, oops, you were actually going pretty fast. In fact, you were doing 57 in a 40 zone. But, you think, the insurance company doesn't know that. And you did have a legit reason to swerve. So what is the harm in a little fib to get the damage fixed? Well, the harm comes when you get caught in a lie. And now, my friend, you've committed insurance fraud. And you know who betrayed you? The same car you were trying to get fixed. This kind of story isn't unusual, except for the last part. For decades, insurance companies have had to try to figure out the truth behind claims like this one. Now, thanks to the ever-increasing amount of technology in vehicles, they have help. And what they are discovering is pretty interesting. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Aaron Hutchins is a writer with McLean's Magazine. He is one of the original longtime guests of the Big Story podcast. Aaron, it's been a while. Hey, Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing great. My first question is uh, kind of a simple one, but I didn't know this existed. What is an event data recorder as it pertains to an automobile?
2: Well, if you've ever been on a plane, you know, people on planes, whenever there's an accident, God forbid, they always talk about finding the... The black box, the airplane's flight recorder, similar to uh, what you have on a black box in a plane, is somewhat kind of similar to what's happening in uh, in your cars.
1: For how long have these things been standard issue? Because I uh, I don't know when it began, but I don't remember uh, cars that our family owned way back when having them.
2: I don't know the exact timeline of when these event data recorders became uh, more commonplace in vehicles. They are quite standard practice nowadays. I believe there's a few companies that may not have uh, these black boxes in their cars, but they're quite commonplace nowadays, and they have been for the last uh, number of years. So it's likely if you're driving on the road today, you probably more than likely have a uh, a black box in your car.
1: What kinds of stuff do they record?
2: Well, say you're in an accident, they can measure things like the speed that the vehicle was going uh, before it got into a crash, let's say. They can tell if a seatbelt is buckled or unbuckled. I believe in some instances, they could even say if someone was sitting on the driver's seat or the passenger seat at the time of an accident.
1: Can you give me a concrete example? You had a couple in your story and maybe uh, tell me the one about the driver from Manitoba and kind of what happened and, and what use this data was.
2: The Manitoba public insurance does a really good job of every year they put out a list of some of the more outlandish or kind of. Funky claims that they have rooted out. And there's this one case of a Manitoban who was driving a, a Chevy Silverado, a relatively new one. And he was 20 years old. And his, his claim and his insurance claim was that he fell asleep behind the wheel. And he veered off-road and must have crashed into a few parked cars. Fortunately, he was uninjured. And he mentioned to the investigators that he'd only been traveling five kilometers over the limit in a 50-kilometer-hour zone. And that seemed all well and good. The challenge is when the insurer looked up the pickup truck's event data recorder, they could see that, in fact, at the moment of the crash, the Chevy was going 140 kilometers an hour. The brakes were never applied. The seatbelts were done up. So it gave them a lot of information, just to start with, knowing that his story really was not checking out right from the Mm get-go. His claim, which for $150,000, was effectively denied. And that saved money for the insurance company, and also the cost that would have passed down to all the other folks who are part of the uh, the Manitoba's public insurer. So when they root out these claims, it's actually good at saving other folks money from these
1: fraudulent claims. Traditionally, before the event data recorders, what used to happen with insurance claims in those cases? How were they verified or not? Before, it was really
2: a lot of forensics. You would look at skid marks, you would look at the impact of a crash of a vehicle. Because if a car, in the case of this Chevy Silverado, if you crash into a bunch of parked cars going 55 kilometers an hour, as the young man alleged, then the damage to his car not to mention the park cars, would look a lot different than someone hitting it at 140 kilometers an hour. So they'd be looking at a lot of the information uh, more forensically to see what jives. But what the technology now does is it really makes things, one, a lot easier for these investigators to to root out. And it's mm-hmm. almost, in many ways, kind of a nail on the coffin. I mean, I'm, I'm confident that forensics would have proven that this young man was, was fitting about the events of him falling asleep behind the wheel. But when you have the the car's black box essentially saying, hey, here's concrete proof why you're not telling the truth, it really
1: kind of puts an end to his story very quickly. How sophisticated is the technology beyond just the event data recorders that's being used in cars and can find that information? I mean, modern cars right now are essentially uh, digitized almost everywhere.
2: Yeah, your infotainment system is really an open door to what you're doing. So with your infotainment system, these insurance companies potentially can see when you're texting, if you're texting right before a crash, if you're on a call before the crash, if you were maybe touching a button to fiddle with uh, the music or your Spotify. So it actually has a lot more digital traces as to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's not only in the car too. With your infotainment system, obviously people can be aware if you're on the phone or not at the time of an accident. But there's other areas that you might not think about. For example, uh, if you have a key fob that helps you uh, you drive your car, the key fob contains information like your VIN number. It says what the car's mileage was. It says when it was last driven. And where that might help an insurance claim, or rather an insurer, trying to figure out an insurance claim. There's one example about one person claiming that they wrecked their car, they totaled their car on a, a Saturday, let's say, and it was undriveable and they brought it into the shop to get it fixed. Well, then the insurer looked at the key fob and they claimed their car was wrecked on a Saturday. And yet on Sunday, Monday, their car was used to go driving. Hmm. So the the fob itself proved that their story at least the timeline of their
1: story, didn't hold up. How big a problem is this kind of auto insurance fraud? Obviously, there's um, an investment being made to try to combat it. So what kind of numbers are we talking about?
2: So there was a report done about four years ago by the insurance company Aviva. And what they found was that insurance fraud is adding about $2 billion a year to premiums. Across Canada. So when you divide that across the entire country, it's not a small amount of money. I know from my insurance, I get upset when my premiums go up by a couple hundred bucks or
1: -hmm. or I
2: guess anything. And there was a previous survey just in Ontario from 2017, which found that just under one out of every 10 respondents have admitted to previously engaged in some type of auto insurance fraud. Not necessarily, let's say, staging an accident, but insurance fraud could be lying about your address to get a lower rate because, as some of us know, your postal code dictates what your rate might be. If your car is stolen, maybe you had a pair of dollar store sunglasses and you said my pair of really expensive Ray Bans were stolen, right? Things like that. Or say you had a little ding on the back of your car and then you got into a bigger accident, you'll say, oh yeah, there was a small ding on the back there. Just add that to the repairs as well, even though that wasn't from the exact claim. So there's lots of small ways that that Canadians might be engaging in auto insurance fraud that may not be the most obvious one, which is outright staging an accident.
1: What can the companies do about that um, in terms of this technology? Can they require me to use a black box or uh, a key fob in order to get insured can they you know offer lower rates if i'm allowing them to track what i'm doing like how, how do they try to how do they try to get in here to prevent that
2: i think for the for the black boxes and the key fobs a lot of those things are standardized now and i don't know if you can request that Let's say your camera come without a black box. I'm not Hmm. sure what's allowed, what's not allowed. I know insurance companies in previous years have tried to incentivize drivers to add technology to their car to, as they would put it, reward good driving. If you're someone who's a good driver, who's not always slamming on the brakes, who's always, let's say, going the speed limit, they would reward those drivers with better rates. And that was led to some of the the big brother privacy concerns that still exist now with these infotainment systems is how much information do we want to give these insurance companies and all for the sake of maybe saving a couple hundred bucks
0: on our, on our insurance bill. frequency podcast network wants to keep you safer online that's why they've teamed up with telus online security with data breaches becoming more and more common it's important to know if your personal information has been compromised fraudsters can use your stolen data to attempt to open new accounts rent or buy properties and do other fraudulent activities in your name check to see if your personal info has been exposed try a free dark web scan brought to you by telus online security powered by norton visit telus.com dark web no one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply.
1: Tell me about how ridiculous some of these claims can get, though, because you had an example of uh, a woman from Winnipeg, and this is the kind of stuff that that's out of a movie.
2: This example really kind of threw me off guard. And you have to, you have to stay with me because it's going to get from from little weird to weirder. But essentially, she had this tale that she told investigators. So she has a 2004 Chevy SUV, and it was stolen from her home. Then she received a message through Facebook that was demanding a ransom. So she wants her car. She goes out to pay the ransom. And then those who had stolen her car kidnap her. And then with her in the car, they are racing through the city streets for hours until the SUV crashes into another car. Now, for the investigators, it didn't take long to (laughs) suss out this lie. And there are many reasons for it, but one of the the easiest ways for them to do it was they asked her, where were the keys for her vehicle when it was stolen from her garage. And she said, Well, the my keys were with me at all times. At no point was I without the keys. Here's the trouble. This particular, even this 18-year-old Chevy has a ignition with what's known as an immobilizer system, which is an electronic security device that effectively makes it impossible to drive the car without a key. Hmm. So once you have that technology, and she said, the key's never left my possession, well, then the insurance company knew right away, well, then no one could have taken your car away. So as was quickly uh, determined that... This uh, woman in from Winnipeg was actually out drinking with friends, speeding around town, crashed the car, and the group left the scene of the accident. And it was later where she unspooled this outlandish tale. I mean, as much as technology solved that one, I think there's also a bit of questions that even the regular person would ask, (laughs) like, who steals a 2004 Chevy for ransom? That's that's an old car to be holding for ransom, in my opinion. But then again,
1: who knows? Okay, well, so far we've talked about individual stories and how these get sussed out and and the tech that helps us do it. But is it all like individual people trying to, you know, scam their way to a few extra bucks or explain their way out of a drunk driving uh, thing? Or is this organized in any way uh, by other people?
2: There's an association that started up relatively recently. It's called the Equité Association. And what this group does, it's a not-for-profit, anti-fraud uh, organization that integrates two important bodies. It has the Insurance Bureau of Canada's Investigative Services Division uh, with the, the anti-fraud data analytics organization called Canadian National Insurance Crime Services. So that's kind of a long way to get into it. This is a growing problem that the, uh, the CEO of the, this uh, organization, who came over from banking, says that a lot of the fraud, the organized fraud, that used to they used to see in the banking sector is now migrating over to the auto sector. And part of the reason is because the banking sector has done a relatively good job using technological safeguards to stop fraud. One simple example is putting you know, chips in your uh, debit and credit cards. So simple things like that. So when the banks started to really clamped down on laundering with their prevention and detection, she felt that the crime had to move somewhere. And from their analysis, they believe it's moving right into the insurance industry. And as she put it to me, she looks at it as commoditized money laundering.
1: What does that look like? Like, what do you do to create uh, insurance fraud at scale? There are little ways and there are big
2: ways. And I think one example which might lead into more technological uh Examples is there was one uh, individual who was basically every couple months or so he was just claiming a broken windshield claim and this is kind of small you know a couple hundred bucks for a windshield but he was doing it so 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 frequently that he was collecting you know thousands of dollars and the reason that no one really looked into it is because the claim was so small that these insurance companies that process tons and tons and tons of claims, there's not one insurance uh, investigator for every claim. It was almost low enough that he was on the automatic check insurance claim approved list. And what Akite is doing and what other companies are doing is they're really trying to find new ways to try and suss out this uh, fraud. And one means that is really c- coming up nowadays is artificial intelligence and trying to use AI to uh, figure out patterns, whether it's small scale for one guy trying to take too many windshield claims, or if there is organized crime and there are people who are connected to one another who are either known offenders, people who are connected to one another, and using AI to try and connect those dots to see if this one person is obviously making claims frequently enough, and they are associated through... Banking records or something else with another person, they can try and figure out small or large scale fraud and try and suss it out earlier.
1: What does the future of this hold? What are the next steps? You know, you mentioned they're getting more and more technically advanced from uh, from the black boxes to using AI. At what point? Do privacy rights advocates come in here and say, hey, you know, we have a right to to keep our records private, or does that just not even factor into it? And it's kind of like if you're in an accident, uh, you know, the police are going to take a look. I think that
2: the privacy rights advocates are are definitely on this. They, uh, they are very much aware of how much information we are giving, and not just from our cars, but from every aspect of our life. And I think this is something that they think is really important. What do you think about the idea if that, the data points that we're leaving from a car accident can help or insurance claim might find shared IP addresses or cell phone numbers or networks of known associates, which might help connect uh, insurance companies to known fraudsters. There's a lot of concern that our data is being shared too widely. And I don't think there is a, a simple answer to this unless you're driving a an old like, you know, 89 Ford Topaz, maybe. But I try to think of all the cars that have so much technology that It's something that we've learned to live with for better or for worse. And now it's tough to kind of figure out the repercussions uh, and catch up in that regard.
1: Kind of like a cell phone.
2: Everything, man. Cell phones, cars, it's all... And cell phones connected to cars. Right. It's all
1: connected. Aaron, thank you so much for this. Anytime. Aaron Hutchins of McLean's, one of our all-time favorite guests. That was The Big Story. For more from us... Head to TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. Talk to us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. Write to us at hello at TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. And call us. I haven't waited by the phone like this since I was in high school. Nobody called then. Help me beat the curse. The phone number is 416-935-5935. You can tell us anything, but in particular, we want some questions about how we make this show, or we want answers to the question, what should we cover? Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. So much
0: of what you do online can be risky. That's why Frequency Podcast Network has teamed up with TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. Simple actions like connecting to public Wi-Fi and opening sketchy sites or emails from people you are not aware of can expose your personal information. But with TELUS Online Security, which includes a secure VPN, you can browse securely and anonymously. Get Canada's most comprehensive all-in-one protection, starting from just $10 per month. Visit telus.com slash online security. A simple way to stay safer. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply.